number four of a four-part series. Man, that means this is the last week of this series, and I can say this for reals. I'm going to miss this swing. <laughs> I'm going to miss it. But good, bad news for me, I'm going to miss the swing, but good news for you because we're going to move the swing down here, and you get if you get here early enough, you can sit in the swing. You can, you can endure this whole teaching of Harley's for this next series from the swing if you're here early enough down there. That sounds like a pretty good deal. It will be, it'll be worth it. But I like this feeling. Most of you might agree that we love this feeling when we get to go out and sit on the porch swing and just swing. It's just that simple feeling of calm. I like that. That feeling of no complication. I like that. And we long for that feeling. I do too. We don't only complicate our lives, but we also complicate what it means to be a Christian. We complicate what it means to be a Christ follower or a disciple of Jesus. And that's why every week during this series, we have been offering... Uh, a spiritual life hack, and it has come each week straight from Jesus in Matthew chapter 7. Now, I grew up in the 80s, the great 80s. I loved it. But there was a common phrase as I was growing up in the 80s, and I heard it quite frequently uh, in church. I was at church all the time growing up. And I heard this phrase a lot. And I'm going to say this phrase. Maybe you've heard it too. It goes something like this. If you were to die tonight and stand before God, and He asked you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? How many of you have heard that question, that phrase? A lot, a lot of us have. Yeah. That means you, you have spent some, you've spent some pew time in the church, huh? Well, when I as a teenager would hear that phrase, and, and if uh, the, the pastor was using that phrase on a Sunday morning or something, I, at that moment I would sit up in my pew and I would pay attention, I would lean forward because I wanted to know the answer to that question. Because according to my pastor, I was going to stand before God and he was going to ask me that question and I wanted to know the right answer. I wanted to know the answer. I was listening closely because I didn't want to mess up and, and get there and then not have the right answer and then be like, wrong answer. Boom. And the floor open. I didn't want that. I wanted to know what to say. So I listened. Now, through this passage that we've been following in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is saying this to that. No. No. It doesn't work like that. That's what Jesus is saying. You see, Jesus is simplifying all these things that we have complicated when it comes to being a Christian, following Jesus. And so week one, we talked about this, the life hack week one. We, we were talking about how Jesus says there's this narrow gate and a wide gate. That's why we have this door over here. A narrow gate and a wide gate. And he said the narrow way is more difficult 
And by the way, Jesus tells us in the New Testament that he is, in fact, himself, the narrow gate. He says it is more difficult, but you can know which one you have chosen. You don't have to guess. You don't have to just hope, oh, I Oh, I hope I, I've picked the narrow gate. You don't have to guess. You can know which one you have chosen. You can know if you have gone through the narrow gate. And here's how. Because you will be near Jesus. If you have gone through His gate, you will be close to Him. You will be near Him. You don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder. If you are His follower, you are following if you are His disciple, you are near Him. That's what we talked about in week one. Now, in week number two, we said this. Jesus said there are good trees that produce good fruit. He said there are bad trees that produce bad fruit. And He said, again, you don't have to guess which tree you are. You don't have to guess. And you can't just say, well, I'm a pretty good tree. I have pretty good fruit most of the time. He said, no, 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 that's not how it works. Jesus said, you will know them by their fruit. That was the life hack. You will know them by their fruit. Now, last week, we talked about a major passage that followed the other two. And this major passage is one that had me scared to death when I was growing up. And basically, Jesus is describing the scenario where on the last days, people will come to him. So this is like, in other words, after they die, they'll come to him and they'll say, Lord, Lord, you know, we did all these wonderful things for you. We did all these things for you. We did them in your name. We did them on your behalf. You know, we, we went to church. We were good. We did good things for people. And we told them, hey, by the way, Jesus loves you. I mean, we did good things. In your name, on your behalf. And then Jesus looks at them and he says, sorry. And you are, he's like, I don't know you. You're going to have to leave. I mean, that passage scared me to death when I was growing up. In other words, Jesus is saying through that passage, we talked about it last week. He's saying, you can't just have the right words to get in. You can't just say the right things to God and he's like, oh, yep, you passed the test. You said the right things. You're in. Oh, no, you said the wrong thing. You're out. He said it doesn't work that way. You have to do something. He said you have to do something. But in the story he told, they're like, yeah, yeah, we did some things. We did a lot of things for you, God. He was like, nope, nope, nope. That's not it. So it sounds a little confusing. So we would be listening to that maybe, and we might say, wait a minute, wait a minute. So it's not what I say, and Jesus would say, right. I have to do something. You got it. But I can't do enough to get in. And Jesus would say, exactly. <laughs> and you're like, then what? What? I don't understand. This seems more confusing. But Jesus answered that question last week. He said, you have to do the right thing. You have to do the will of my Father. And we talked about last week how the will of the Father is that you would know Him and He would know you. It's all about relationship. The will of the Father. That's what we talked about last week. 
for you to know Him, you really have to be near Him. And His desire is for you to know Him and for Him to know you. Now, all of these things I've just talked about were related. Jesus talked about them all pretty much in the same setting, the same context. You see, we have made following Jesus pretty confusing. We have made this whole thing called being a Christian pretty confusing. And we've all been confused at some point about that. Because I think we have this massive cultural misidentification as it comes to following Jesus. And this has happened, I think, for centuries and centuries. And here's what the misidentification is. People are saying that they believe things that they don't really believe. They're saying that they believe things that they don't actually believe. Now, how do we know this? We know this because of kind of the way God has just created us. We know this because we always live up to our beliefs. Or we could say we always live down to our beliefs. We always do. And we have generation after generation of people who fall into a category called consumer Christianity. And the consumer Christian says that they believe things that they don't really believe. Not really. They don't really believe it. And we know this to be true because we always live what we believe. And this is so shocking for people to begin to understand this and to hear this because they've done it for so long. They have lived one way and said they believe, though, something else. And they've lived that way so long that they're not even, many of them are not even aware that they really don't believe. They have themselves convinced that they don't have God convinced. And so Jesus steps into this context, and even still today, 2,000 years later, this life hack that we're going to be reading today applies still today. And Jesus steps in and makes what we have made complicated with consumer Christianity, and Jesus makes it simple. Matthew chapter 7, we're going to start with verse 24, and Jesus goes straight to the life hack here. Here's what he says, anyone. I want to just pause on that word. In other words, he says, anyone. I mean, Jesus is saying, this is not a private club. Absolutely anyone, anyone is welcome to follow Jesus. Anyone, he says, who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. He goes on, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. He continues, but anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it is foolish, like a person who builds his house 
on the sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. In other words, those who hear Jesus and do what he says, it's like they are building their lives on this solid rock, and it's going to stand firm through the storm. But those who hear him and they do not act on what he says, it's like they're building their lives on the sand, and it will surely collapse and the storm. Now here's an interesting point. Throughout the Bible, even the Old Testament, Jesus is referred to as the rock. So if we are building our lives on the teachings of Jesus, we're really building our lives on the solid rock, on Jesus. Interesting. So, Jesus says to us, to follow his instructions, and then we are building our lives on him, the solid rock. Now, since he said that, since he put it that way, I want us to look at some instructions of Jesus, and specifically this morning, I want to look at the last teaching that Jesus offered his followers before he ascended. Which means this, it was after Jesus died on the cross, so it was after he walked out of the tomb alive again, and the Bible tells us that he spent about 40 days giving his uh, followers some last instructions, last teachings, and what we're looking at is the last before he taught them and then he ascended to heaven to be with the Father in heaven where he is right now, this moment, today. Now, if this is the last thing that Jesus said, I would say it's probably pretty important. That's why I want us to look at this instruction. If we're going to follow him, if we're going to follow his teaching, let's look at this very important instruction here. Matthew 28, verse 18 says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. He says, therefore, in other words, because of that, because I've been given all this authority, because of that, go, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he goes, in other words, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, great, awesome, do this, Jesus is saying. If you want to be his apprentice, wonderful, awesome, Here's what you do next. That's what he's saying. If you want to be his student, then this is your next step. He said, I want you to go and show other people around you how to connect their lives eternally with Jesus. Go and do that. And he says, don't stop there. Don't stop there. He said, then I want you to baptize them. Can help them connect with Jesus, then baptize them. And we're going to be doing baptisms on September 9th. But he says, don't stop there. There's more. That's not all. Jesus goes on. He's saying, you have become my student. That's what he says to you. You have become my apprentice. You have become my disciple. You have become my follower. 
you have taken my teachings, Jesus would say to you, and you have followed them in your life. You have built your life upon my teachings, upon the solid rock. Now do this, verse 20. Teach these new disciples, new followers, new apprentices, new students. Teach them to obey all the commands I have given you. Be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. In other words, as you are building your life upon the, the teachings of Jesus, upon the solid rock of Jesus, you will then teach the new followers how to do the same thing. You'll teach them what Jesus has taught you. How to stay close to Him. How to follow Him. Teach them, He said, everything I've said. Teach them how to follow Me. Teach them how to become a student of Jesus. Teach these new apprentices how to be an apprentice of Jesus. Teach them how to become a Christ follower. And listen, it's really as simple as that. We have complicated what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It's really as simple as that. Here's how it works. You, you stay close to Jesus. You stay close to Jesus as His follower. You follow Him. You stay close to Jesus, you, as His student. You learn from Him. You stay close to Jesus. You, as His apprentice, you do what He did. And then, you show others how to connect to Him eternally. How to become a follower. And you know what you do after that? You baptize them. That's what Jesus said. You baptize them. Now, we do baptisms a little different than some churches. A lot of churches, pastor puts on some big white stuff because it's white. I guess. They put on some big white stuff and they get in the water and the pastors do all the bab baptisms because that's what pastors do, right? It's their job. Problem is, you're not going to find that anywhere in the New Testament. You just go look. Go try. Yeah, go find it. It's not there. Who's supposed to baptize? The very same people he said go. Who's supposed to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's us. And at Stuttgart Harvest Church, that's how we do it. I'm in there usually just because people are so scared to death. They're afraid they're going to drown somebody. So I get, I'm the safety. I get in there with you. But we allow people to be a part of the baptism who were significant in that relationship, in that person's life as they were on their way, journeying towards Jesus, and, and they have connected with Him. So whoever is significant in their life, we invite them to help us baptize. 
And here's what Jesus is saying. You follow Jesus. You are a student of Jesus. Yourself. You yourself are following. You're a student of. You are his apprentice. You are his disciple, his follower, his student. And you help the people around you to connect their lives eternally with Jesus. And then he said, then baptize them. And after you baptize them, he said, then you teach them to stay close to Jesus. You teach them to follow Jesus like you're following Jesus. To stay close to Jesus like you're staying close to Jesus. And you know what happens after that? You hit the repeat button. Repeat. And now you're still following Jesus. You're still pursuing Jesus. You are His disciple. You are His follower. You are His apprentice, His student. But also, that other person now is also His apprentice, His disciple, His follower, His student. And you're both out there just following Jesus. And you're loving those people around you. And now you're both out there showing people how to connect their lives eternally with Jesus. And when people do connect their lives eternally with Jesus, Jesus said, now baptize them. And then you teach them how they can stay close to Jesus, how they follow Jesus, how they live as His apprentice, as His disciple. And then you hit the repeat button. And you are living it. You're pursuing Jesus. You're following Jesus. You're building your life upon that rock of what He said. That's what an apprentice does. That's what a follower does. You're doing that. And you're connecting people. Now they are too. And they are too. And when someone connects their life to Jesus, then you baptize them. And then you teach them how to stay close. How to follow closely to Jesus like you are. And listen, you're not doing it perfectly None of us follow Jesus perfectly at all. We are just following Jesus as best we can, as close as we can. And we're teaching other people how to do the same thing. And you hit the repeat button, and it's over and over again. We have complicated what it means to be a follower of Jesus, and Jesus simplified it for us. Now listen to this. This is huge. According to Jesus, there is never a good reason to not do what Jesus says to do. Never. According to Jesus, there is never, ever a good reason to not do what Jesus said to do. Because what He tells us to do, everything He told us to do is the best. And according to Jesus, there's never a reason to not do it. Oh, we have reasons, but Jesus says that's no reason. You see, we have reasons. We like to say that we believe and to say that we follow and then to just go live our lives the way we want to live them and do what we want to do. We have a tendency to say that we believe something, but you know what? The reality is we don't really believe it at all. Not even a little bit. You know why? How do we know that? Because we always do what we really believe. 
Jesus said, no, it doesn't work that way. In fact, listen to how he words it in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. He says, so enlighten me. Why? Why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord? And not do what I say? Why do you keep calling me Lord when you don't do what I say? Because they go together. I think there's a reason. I think we can answer that question that Jesus asked. I think we have an answer. When we keep calling Him, saying, yes, He's Lord, but we don't do what He says. There's an answer for that. The answer is this. Because we say that we believe things that we don't really believe. We say that we believe it, but we don't really believe it. I think the truth is that Jesus is not looking for you to memorize the answer to the test so that when you stand before Him one day that you can spout off the right answer. Oh, you got it right. You were listening. Good. Come on in. And the next guy, whoa, wrong answer. I don't think that's the way it's going to work. Jesus is not wanting you to memorize the right answer so you can just spout it off when you're asked the question and then just go off your merry way doing life as you want to do life. I don't think He wants you to memorize the right answer. I believe this though. I believe He wants you to be changed by the right answer. I don't believe that Jesus is looking to take a whole bunch of people and to force them to conform to a certain set of behaviors to look a certain way, dress a certain way, act a certain way, say things a certain way. I don't think He's looking to force you to conform to a certain thing. He's not looking for people who are saying, okay, okay, if I want to do this, if I want to get to heaven, then I've got to do that. I've got to go to church. i got to... i got to... I've I got to give some money in the giving bucket because, I, listen, I'm afraid not to. If I don't give, then I don't want him to hit the, the red button and uh, uh, doors open up and I, get, I don't want that. I don't believe that God is looking to gather up a bunch of people who feel obligated to do the right thing so they can get in. I don't think that's what he's all about. I don't think he's trying to make you conform to a certain lifestyle. To force you. No. Here's what I think. I think he wants you to be transformed from the inside out.
not out of obligation. Transformation. Change from the inside out. God does not want people who have good answers. God is looking, I believe, for people with surrendered lives and surrendered hearts. I believe that the New Testament teaches us that God wants you to dwell in Jesus. That God desires you to delight in Jesus. To live with Jesus day in and day out. Jesus, who is God among us. Jesus, who is God who put on the flesh and the bone, the skin of man, His creation, and lived among us. And God's desire is that you dwell in Him, that you delight in Him, that you live with Him. It's all about relationship. Not getting the answers right. Not checking off a list of actions out of obligation. I did that check. I did that check. Relationship. To build your life on the rock. And then for you to go and help other people to connect eternally to God. The rock. And then to baptize them. And then to teach them how to follow closely to Jesus. And I said it a moment ago, we don't follow, none of us, myself included, we do not follow Jesus perfectly. I probably don't even do it very well. I fall down all the time. I stumble and I trip and I step off to the side. I twist my ankle. I roll over. It is imperfect and it is ugly and it's a mess. But do you know what I do? Before he gets away, I climb back up to my feet if I bear crawl, if I have to, and I scramble to get right back behind Jesus all up in his dust. We follow him imperfectly, but we follow him closely. Now, that's all there is. We follow Him closely. We help other people connect to Him eternally. We baptize them. And we teach them just to do what we're doing as best we can to follow Him closely. To help them build their lives upon the rock. And for us to quit stepping backwards and watching people drown. We have to stop. Now we can't force them to follow Jesus. We, we can't make them do it. Nor should we ever try. That's mean. It would be a horrible experience. For them. We just simply lovingly point them toward Jesus. May we never step back and be satisfied just saying, oh well, watching people drown. 
because they've built their lives on the sand. We must follow Jesus, building our lives upon Him, the rock. We help people connect to Him eternally. We baptize them. We teach them how to follow Jesus closely. And we hit repeat. That is what it means to follow Jesus. So here's a step for you this week. This is what we're encouraging you to do. We're encouraging you to join us as Stuttgart Harvest Church. To join us and let's go make disciples. Let's go make more students of Jesus. More apprentices of Jesus. Let's go make more followers of Jesus. And baptize them. And then teach them how to follow Jesus closely. Let's do that. Do that with us as Stuttgart Harvest Church. As you are following Jesus closely, teach them lovingly and kindly and full of grace Teach them how to follow Jesus closely. And before you know it, as you're teaching them how to follow Jesus closely, guess what's going to happen? They're going to be ready to be baptized. Will you join us? That's the first step this week. We've got a second. We've got a second step for you. Now this one, this one's going to push you out of your comfort zone. This one is going to stretch you. This one involves Laffy Taffy. Now, I love me some Laffy Taffy. It is delicious. I love Laffy Taffy, but I can't think... You know, I, I, I love being on this journey with you, my friends, my family, Stuttgart Harvest Church. I, I love this. I have a blast being on this journey with you. I can't think of something that would describe maybe any form of food that might describe my excitement of being on this journey with you more than Laffy Taffy at this moment. And so... I purchased a bunch of Laffy Taffy, a whole bunch, and I will have you know, I brought, like I don't know how much, like 200 or so pieces of Laffy Taffy, and I brought it here with me today, and, he, and, and I, I will have you know, I, I, I think I, I got it like on Thursday, and every piece made it here. That is miraculous. I did not open, I left the containers sealed. I did not break the seal on the containers. Although yesterday, while I was finishing up some media notes, I did pick up one of the, I picked one up four times, <laughs> thinking, I could just eat one. But I didn't. I brought them all here for you. For you. Because here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you, before, here's the challenge. Before you eat lunch today, 
I'm asking you to take one of these and to take one of our invite cards. They're going to be on the the little uh, silver table as you leave today. And to take an invite card, we call them invite cards because they just simply make it easier for you to invite someone to sit beside you on a Sunday. They're just little cards, little business cards. They're lighthearted. They're easygoing. They're laid back. Just gives you an opportunity to say, hey, would love for you to come to sit with me on a, on a Sunday. But here's the challenge. Will you take a Laffy Taffy? And will you take one of those invite cards, and before you eat lunch today, which is going to be very soon, will you place this Laffy Taffy along with an invite card in somebody's hand, somebody you don't even know? That's why this is going to really push you out of your comfort zone. Someone you don't even know, and just say this, say this to them. I got this for you. You know, if you don't have a church yet that you attend every week, I just want to invite you to come to mine. We have a blast. I think you will too. Just put it in their hand. If they say, no, no, I don't need that. Yes, take it. I got this for you. Take it. And give it to them. Just one. Now, I, some of you, this is like pushing you way out of your comfort zone. And so if you, maybe for some of you, it's like, okay, I'm, I just hope I can get that done by Wednesday or Thursday. Okay. Okay. Yes. But do it. But the challenge, try to do it before you eat lunch today. Challenge. Now, some of you, the challenge is going to be to not eat it. And for you, I'm praying that if you eat it, that you get diarrhea. <sighs> no, really. <laughs> so, that's the challenge. All right? So, give it card, invite it. And I know that's pushing you out of your comfort zone. It's a great place to be, though, by the way. So, that's the step. A step for you and a step for you toward somebody else. And I hope, I hope that you will be a part of this thing we call following Jesus. I hope you'll be a part of that with us. Let's pray. God, you told us to build our lives upon what You taught us. And that would be building our lives upon the rock, which is building our lives upon Jesus. And Jesus, You told us to go. You told us to make new disciples, to make new apprentices, to make new students of Yours, new followers of yours. And then you told us to baptize them. And then Jesus, you told us to teach them how to follow you closely. And Jesus, after that, you reminded us that you are with us right now. Even though we can't see you, you are with us. And Jesus, may we really believe 
may we really believe as proven by the way that we live our lives today. Jesus, we ask for your help. And it is in your name that we pray these things. Amen.